podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Starting our day out this morning, I want to kind of uh, talk about our organization because I think it can be beneficial to you. I mean, you guys show up every weekend to kind of uh, be a part of the experience. I think it's important that you kind of know uh, who we are as a church, kind of how we're structured, what we're about. Uh, Back in 1992, my parents, which are our lead pastors, they started Celebration Church, and they started it in uh, in my home at the time as a Bible study, which is a small group of people, and everybody would come together, and would come together as a a Bible study in in like the spare room we had in our house. And over the years, uh, my parents just being faithful and and continuing to build teams and love on people and uh, showing them uh, ways to, to grow in God through the years. God has just uh, continued to uh, bless our organization to be able to have um, more space and more avenues for influence to be able to get that message out even more. As we've kind of grown as an organization, though, I, you guys know this in your own life. You kind of, you know, know the statement, you live and you learn, right? You go through things and you're like, man, I didn't do that right. I need to kind of change that or that kind of work, but I think we could do this a little bit better. Well, even as an organization, uh, we've learned that. For some of you that are, are maybe business owners, you run a business, or you're a part of a uh, leading a corporation, you kind of understand how this works. You're constantly have, having to identify and evaluate processes to be better at what you do. And, and for us, what we do, man, is we, we want to help people. We want to help people within our community to receive the message of Jesus. So much of the time when the organization was first started, we kind of had a, a traditional staff staffing structure where you have, uh, you know, the person up at the, at the top at that time, you know, it's the, it's the lead pastors, my parents. And then from there, you have all these different outshoots of what we would call ministry. If you're from the business world, there would be departments, right? And so everybody kind of operated under there. And this structure was all about kind of working your way up, uh, up the ladder. And so there was these different tiers. And you guys would, would be familiar with this. Like if it was a pyramid and there's different tiers. You guys heard of micromanaging schemes. Not our church was one because it wasn't. But you kind of get the idea here. You kind of work. work uh, anytime you're a part of an organization, what is your desire? Your desire is to advance within the organization, right? You want to do really good. This is a staff mentality, right? A staff mentality is this. I want to do really good so that I can advance within the organization. It's actually about making myself look good. It's about getting my boss to see how good I am at my job so that I can advance within the corporation. Well, that was really good, except for us as an organization, um, our cause is so much bigger than any, any person that works within the organization. And so to be able to uh, make one person more important than the other, we realized that it was actually counterproductive to what we were trying to accomplish in getting the message of Jesus and keeping the message of Jesus the main thing. And so what we transitioned our organization to, instead of being um, one that, that's driven by this, by the staff mentality, we changed it to something we like to call uh, a, a team mentality. So you hear me, whenever I refer to our staff, I'll never ever from the platform refer to our staff as just our staff. I always say staff team. It's very, very intentional uh, because what we've done is we've built our structure different. And this way, everybody's connected. So you may have here, you have our lead pastors, which are my parents. And then you have uh, me, Lance and Karina that are involved in this directional leadership team. And then we have a central team. And then we have a campus team. And then we have uh, our school of leadership, right? We have our school of leadership. Yeah, we have representatives over there. School of leadership. Um, and then we have our business administration administration team, right? And so what happens though is we're all working together, a circular workflow for the common good. Here's the difference and here's why it matters. Uh, A staff, a staff is always driven uh, by position. It's always driven by me. What What a team though, a team is different because a team isn't much about me as it is about the win, 
Okay, a team is driven by the win. What does that mean? It means I don't care if you make the goal or if I make the goal. I don't care if everybody thinks you're important or everybody thinks I'm important or if like nobody's important or we don't even know how it happened. As long as we're winning, I'm good. This is really, really important when it comes to building the church, right? Because the, 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 our whole team structure doesn't just end there. I mean, that's why you hear, uh, what? There's another key component to this, and that's the dream team, right? There's people that, that serve at Celebration, people that are involved in the church. And this is, I think, what, what I, part of what I want to get at uh, this morning is, is for, for me growing up, I guess, because I, w- I was raised in church, I think that there's this compartmentalized way of thinking that when we come and attend church, we're almost coming to be a part of something uh, that someone else is responsible for creating. We don't see ourselves as a vital, important member or a vital, important part of what the church is. So when we talk about things, it's like, yeah, that's really good, but that's the staff's job, right? That's really good, but, but that's, that's what you do. Instead of understanding that, that as, as members of the body of Christ, as people that are, that are Christ followers, for those of us um, that are here today, um, understanding that you are a part of that team that pushes the cause of Christ forward. Yeah. That's why when we come together, we mention things like what? We say, we don't just want to build an organization. We want to cultivate a sense a family, a family through which you can find strength, wisdom, and support uh, for your life. Because that's what God has designed us to be, to be a family. And you're designed to be a part of that. Lance, when we talk about family, uh, let's get some of this conversation going. What are we really talking about? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it, this whole series in backwards, we've been talking about seeing things God's way. Because we can perceive it one way, we can view something one way. Uh, but then oftentimes, it doesn't take long to find out that God actually views it a totally different way. So I think for many people, uh, the way way you view church is just a building with four walls and that's where you go on Sunday. But, but so what I'm trying to say is if you never view church as a family, then you will, it'll never be a family to you. Yep. So if you never view it as a family, it'll never be a family to you. And that goes with any kind of principle that That's we look true. at in Scripture. And so uh, the important part, though, is, is to understand that this is the way God has designed us. Um, you can even look at in the beginning of Scripture, in Genesis. God creates uh, the heavens, the earth. He creates the mountains, landscapes. He creates uh, the animals, all this stuff. And he sees that it's beautiful, right? And then what does God do? He creates man. He creates man uh, to take care of everything that God has created. And now man and God have this uh, beautiful connection, right? God, man, they're connected. Uh, but God didn't just leave it there. God took it one step further and said, I don't just want man to be connected to me, but yep. I need him to be connected to somebody else. And so what did he do? He put him to sleep and he created a companion. Uh, and, and now uh, man was created, uh, created not just to be connected to God, but now cre- created to be connected to somebody else. And that's the way he's designed all of us, the same way. We're not supposed to just be connected to God, but we're supposed to be connected to a family, a church family, where we can find that wisdom, that strength, that yeah, support that's, for our life. that's super important. Important, I think, to really identify that. You, a couple weeks ago, we talked about foundational things, right? We talked about uh, one of these things that was we kind of embark on our journey with God. Maybe you're somebody here that, that isn't a follower of Christ. This is still a really important decision for you to make. Uh, we talked about a foundational thing that am I just a natural being or am I sp- a spirit being? You see, if I'm a natural being, then my life ends when I die. If I'm a spirit being, then my life really continues after I die. And it's really, it's a foundational thing and you have to be able to understand, okay, because, because if I just believe this is all there is, then what happens? This is all that I live for. So this is all that I matter. So then it's really important that I climb the ladder. It's really important that I build a life for me here on earth because for me, that's all that matters. Or 
if, I'm under, if I decide to you know, take advantage of the opportunity, which we believe uh, through the guidance of the Bible that we're eternal beings, that we live forever, well, then I live my life a little bit different because I'm not just trying to, to make money to satisfy my need. I'm really trying to, to use my influence, which is more powerful, to be able to win people with the message so that they can spend eternity in heaven with me and God and everybody together. It's a foundational thing. I think this principle that you're talking about, a family, is really a foundational thing. And we have to stop and we have to, to ask ourselves, do I really believe that? Yeah. Uh, you think about exactly what Lance said, and I don't want us to miss it. God made man. This is, so God made man. It was good. They had a relationship. We hear people say this all the time, right? Me and God, we're good. All I need is God. All I need is God, right? Got me and God. And, and while there's, there's an element of truth to that, God, God was the one who said, actually, you don't just need me. I want you to be connected to somebody else. What's crazy to think about is this is before need ever existed. So God didn't want you to be connected to somebody else originally because there was even such thing as need. It wasn't because man was lonely. It wasn't because man was, there was no such thing as need. There was, there'd been no corruption birthed in the heart of man. There was no such thing as need. God by design, this is important because if we can live our lives by this, maybe just maybe we can find a little bit more fulfillment in our lives, right? If we can live our lives with a true understanding of, okay, God has made me not just, not just to be connected with him. I need to be connected with him. He needs to be number one, but I also have to take it a step further to be connected to others around me. I think the great question then, uh, you know, we can talk about what the Bible has to say about, but a great question then, what, what about people that says, okay, I am connected to those around me. You look at your family unit and people have great families. We have great families in our church. They have a lot of support for their, you know, they, you talk about the strength, wisdom, support for your lives. Uh, what about people that feel like, hey, I, I kind of already have that. I am connected. Um, do you think it's good enough just to stop there? I think you have a good, you have a good story here that I think, I mean, it's affected both of us, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I, I shared last week, if you were here, um, that, you know, a few years ago, my husband passed away, and it was and continues to be through our church family that I'm able to find help and support and wisdom, um, and, it's, and it's amazing to me to see that even, um, even though I, I have a natural family and my family life is good, um, I still need some, some help in raising my kids, and so I look to the youth leaders in, in our, our student ministry and the children's workers to, to help impart and to be a part of helping me raise kids. And, you know, without my church family, um, because my family, we're not all going in the same direction. Those that are here, those that are part of the church family, they, they understand where we're going. We, they understand that we, you know, what we believe in, that we believe in healing, we believe in generosity, and, and are able to help me in even raising my kids. And to bring just a natural help, a hug, a smile, yeah, those true. things that are so important to a person. Yeah, I think it's important to catch that. The, 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 what got us through the darkest moment of our lives was a church family who was supporting us, speaking life into us, encouraging right. us, you know, just there to give us a hug, a smile. That's what makes all the difference in the world. And you may be in the place today, because I, I hear people say this all the time. They yeah. say, you know what? I believe that. That's good. But I'm in a place in my life right now where I really don't need any wisdom, strength, or support yeah. from my life. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good season. Everything is going well in my life. And that may be true. And I'm thankful that you're in that season of life. But check this out. There's probably somebody else in this room that needs your strength, that needs your wisdom, that needs your support. I'm glad you're doing good, but there's somebody else who needs maybe the life experience, something you experienced that could change the world to them and and make all the difference in the world. But we have to be willing to buy into the whole family team concept. Here's a great question to ask yourself. I think it it helps me anyways. Uh, uh, Do you you have people that you can count on in your life? 
That's a great question to ask. Who can I count on in my life? If I don't, I need to, I need to seek out probably better connections. And then here's another question. Is there anyone in your life that's counting on you? Yeah. You know, are there people, are there other friends you can say, yeah, no, I, I, they, they are counting on me. We are connected. If there's not that connection, I think we have to seek it out a little bit more. Again, we choose. That's, this series has been about, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to shift our way of thinking, which is natural, which is normal, which is easy, right? Shift our way of thinking to say, God, I want to think more like you so that I can experience ultimately what? Not just it's going to experience, it's going to affect change in the world around us, but it's going to enable us to, to experience so much more fulfillment in our life. And I think that's really what, what we all desire. Uh, this past week, my, my wife's grandmother passed away. And so she had to, it was kind of an unexpected thing. So she had to, to leave the state really quick to, to fly over to be with her family. And so I'm with uh, my two boys, and so I'm, I'm single dad life, right? And so I have so much more respect for single parents and, and trying to kind of go on that journey. The other day, yesterday, uh, yesterday morning I got up, and I was having to get my, my boys ready for swim class. They have swim class on Saturday morning, so I was getting them ready for swim class. And, uh, and so I kind of, I was, I was feeling good about myself. I was kind of like woke up early. I was ahead of the game, right? So I get everything situated, and I take my eighth-month-old, and I take him downstairs to my five-year-old, and I say, I told my five-year-old, hey, I need you to watch your brother. Just kind of, he's fine. Just let him crawl around. I'm going to go get the rest of your guys' swim gear together. So I go upstairs, uh, 30 seconds to a minute, right? My five-year-old starts screaming bloody murder, and I'm talking like at the top of his lungs, bloody murder. I'm freaking out. I mean, I drop everything that I'm doing. I'm like basically falling down the stairs to try to see what was going on. I come around the corner, and I look, and uh, there's my eighth-month-old, and somehow he's wiggled out of his diaper, and it was a poopy diaper, and there's, I'm not kidding, there's poo-poo head to toe on my eighth-month-old. Not just that, but it's smeared all over the carpet, and um, what I'm trying to say is I really could have used some family, and, uh, you know, I try calling Lance wouldn't pick up his phone, you know, I'm like, practice what you preach, brother. I mean, it's... I get, I get to swim class, and, and the, the swim instructor's like, is, is mommy gone? I said, yeah, why do you ask? She said, your five-year-old's tank top is on backwards. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying, folks, you know. Uh, I'm trying. But, but, but this, is, this is the point, is, is we, we need people that we can count on. And, and I have a, a phenomenal wife that, that's a huge, uh, you know, counterpart to what I do in raising kids. But, but there, listen, there are single moms in the church that need help, and they need uh, your family support. I mean, Karina is one of my heroes, and even in, in her journey, um, of, of having to do that. And there's, there's so many more um, within our church that, that are, are, are in that place of life or single dads. There's things that have come into your life that you did not expect. And, and, and this is, I think, the challenge to our church family. Will you step up to the plate to be family, that, to, be family to people that are not related to you by blood? Will you, will you allow the message of Jesus to unite your hearts and say, That's you good. know what, I'm about this cause so much more than just being a part of church, but I want to be connected. I want you to know that you can count on me because that's what Jesus would do. Yeah. And that's the message, I think, that we, uh, that we preach. In the book Absolutely. of Ecclesiastes, it says this. You've heard the scripture. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But, if, but, but he who falls alone, they're in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together, they can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? They can't. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two standing back to back can conquer. And I think that that's what this is really all about. When we unite, we become a force that's indestructible uh, towards even the weapons of darkness that we're able to really uh, take ground for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. You know, there's another scripture in Proverbs that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I love the one translation says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person makes another better. And that's what we're designed. That's the way God designed the body of Christ is that we would make each other's lives better, that we would improve each other, bring support to each other, strength to each other. And I think we see a great picture of that in Acts. Yeah. The uh, book of Acts, uh, uh, 
God, that's the early foundation of the, of the Christian church. And you see how, how God designed the church to really be that family yeah. orientation. It's, and that's, it's and that's fun. I think that that's where it joins together. We talk about family, right? Why does that matter within the church? Because God has created the church to be a family. Yeah. Right. And that's, what, that's by God's uh, you know, design. In Acts 2, it says this, and this is like Lance says, it's how the church, that, that we're <laughs> centuries later carrying on. That's how, and that's how, it, how powerful uh, the organization of the church is, it's still continuing on despite persecution and whatever. This is how it was formed. This is how it started. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized and, and signed up. They committed to the faith. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to life together, the common meal and prayers. Everybody around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done to the apostles. All the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pulled the resources so that each person's need was met. That sounds like family to me. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals and home. Every meal is celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praise God. People in general like what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those who were saved. I think it's a great picture of what our church family is uh, to be. Absolutely. And you know what really sticks out to me in this portion of scripture is it's not about showing up to a building on Sundays. It's not. It's, it's yeah. about relationship. That whole passage of scripture really drives home the, the, the idea that God's design for our lives was to be connected in a community and in relationship with other people. So I say this to people all the time. If you treat church as a Sunday morning experience, yeah then you are missing out on the greatest thing this church has to offer you, and that's the people in it. I'm telling you, don't make this a Sunday morning ritual. Make it about a relationship with other people, the people that God has designed to put into your life so that we can help each other, strengthen each other, and and that's really what it's all about. Don't miss the greatest thing this church has to offer. That's people. And you see it so much even with our, within our dream team. You know, you see somebody on our dream team come and, and have something that they uh, are going through, whether it's a financial need. And then you see that whole team that they serve on rally behind them and help, you know, bring the help that they need um, in the natural and then, and then help keep them focused on, you know, the, the bigger picture. That's, that's the beauty of the local church. It creates a space for God to work. And yeah. you hear stories like that. If some of you may have missed it, several weeks ago we showed a story about a woman like that. They were going through severe financial uh, troubles, yep. and uh, the dream team pulled together and made it happen. What I love, and I don't know if people catch it, but it wasn't the church that made it happen. Right. There was nobody called the office and said, hey, can the church make this happen? It was the team that she served on, on yep. their own, took the initiative Absolutely. to say, hey, this person in our family is hurting and in need. How can we pull together? It's the book of Acts. They pulled yep. together to make sure that every person's need was met. That's what we're designed to be. That's what we're called to be. That's why we have to seize the opportunity. What is the opportunity? That's not how we naturally think. That's not how we naturally yeah. think. I'm good all on my own, right? That's, that's what's easy. That's what's natural. And uh, to be, especially for guys, I think especially for men, um, we're, we're good on our own. We work, we're busy. We have a lot of stresses and burdens that we already carry. Man, to have to shift our way of thinking, that's difficult. But if we want true fulfillment in life, if we truly want to make a difference with our life, that, you know, that the life goes on even after we're gone, we have to, we have to adopt a, a new way of thinking, uh, a new mentality. To understand too, I mean, why the local church? The local church, there is no greater soul winning. When I say soul winning, I'm talking about reaching people for Jesus, organization, than the local church. You think about the centuries that it's continued uh, to, to, to grow and evolve despite persecution, despite people uh, you know, that, that have uh, done things, that have maybe brought shame on the church. Regardless, it's continued to evolve. Why? Why? Because God's in the middle of building the local church on this rock. And the Bible, it says, I, the Bible it says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. That's a fancy way for saying, you know, on our own, 
man, we can accomplish a lot. You know, you people that have the mentality, I'm just good, me and God, and I'm going to reach people from Jesus in my own community. Yeah, you can, you can do that, and, you, and you'll have some success. But, but together, together we're so much better, and together we can, we can impact so many more people with the message of Jesus if we'll unite our resources, our time, our talent, our treasure to be able to push the message of Jesus forward uh, to, to see really, really the message of Jesus be, be kind of just trans, transferred into people uh, within the world. I think that's a great way to put it, that, that our role, because you have to understand, you talk about us being, that's being, uh, being the church. The church is not just a building. You actually are the church, right? You are the church. And uh, Jesus kind of paints this picture for us. I, I kind of originated with showing you that, that staff uh, structure uh, to, to kind of paint this picture ultimately when we got here. And it's this, uh, when we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, right, in the Bible, we're, we're to, to learn from the Old Testament and we live from the New Testament. When we look in the Old Testament, there, there was this old staff structure. And basically the structure was like this, is there was God up top and the only people that were uh, able to connect with God were, were the appointed high priests, were people that had been appointed by God for that position. So everybody that wanted to connect with God had to go through a certain man. And uh, that was the old, the old structure. But see, after Jesus came, lived, died, came back from the dead, and we're able to put our faith in him so we can connect with God, not based again upon our works, but based upon God's goodness, the structure changed. And it went from this picture of we have to go through this one man to to we all together, you can connect with God on your own. You don't have to go uh, through a priest or through another man to be able to connect with God. This is the message of the gospel, right? And so, but what what, what Christ kind of did is he says, now no longer is it one man's body that you have to go through to connect with God. In fact, I'm doing away with that. And now you all together with all of your interests, the way that you're geared, you make up the body of Christ. That's why in this series, we've talked about how important um, identifying the way that you're geared, your interests, and knowing that you play a significant role in the church. And, and we talk about you being the church, it's who you are, but your, your, your primary role as the church is to be involved in the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your primary role as the church, hear that this morning, your primary role as the church is to be involved in the church. What am I talking about? In um, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 25 and 26. It just says it pretty clear. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Okay. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. And this is my favorite part of this. You must never forget this because only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. God has designed you to be his church, but you can't be his church off on your own. We have to be connected to be the united body of Christ. And if there's those of us who aren't involved, that aren't in the game, that aren't pushing the cause of Christ forward, the rest of the body, I got to break it to you, we suffer because of it. Because we're designed, God designed us to, to do this, this picture of what we are as an organization, to do it together. It's not just the staff team. You are a part of that team. We together collectively are the body of Christ. God has entrusted us with this message. And it's so important that we identify our role and carry out that within the local church. I love what that scripture says. Because a lot of us, we're always searching for significance, right? We're searching for purpose. We want our life to mean something. And it says, clear as day, um, you must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that 
body, does your, does your part mean anything? So our significance, our purpose is cre- God created us and designed us to be a part of Christ's body. That's, that's where we find fulfillment. That's where we find purpose and identity is when we're connected to the body of Christ. That's why one of our core values here uh, at, at this church is teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. Why? Because we're not built on the gifts and the talents of just a few individuals. We're built on the gifts and the talents or, or on the sacrifices of many. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's me doing my part. It's you doing your part. It's the person on your left and your right doing their part. And together as a team, we're able to advance the hope and the message of Jesus in the city and do all that God has called this church to do. Yeah. You've got to make a move to, to see it that way. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, if I'm honest with you, I'm geared the opposite. I think it's just how it was naturally programmed. I don't know if it's human nature. Maybe you're not like this. But there's a tendency to, come, to attend church. That's the mentality. We go to church on Sunday, and, and, and you, know, you need people to, to kind of make the church run. So we need somebody to sacrifice. We, we see, see it as this, right? We see serving. We see using our gifts as this great big sacrifice, right? So we need people, we need people to volunteer in kids' ministry so you can take care of the kids so the adults can enjoy the real service. And we got, we got to shift our way of thinking. That's not yep. the way it works. And, and you have to understand that there's some, there's some of you in here that God has gifted you with children. Yeah. You, have, you have a natural gift uh, to work with kids. You love being around kids. You, you, you love uh, that's something that you just love and you have a major passion, passion for. And you have to understand that when you serve uh, within even the children's department, you're not just babysitting. Right. No, you're empowering the next generation right. of leaders. Right. You're putting an anchor in the right. heart of little ones that if they stray from God, they will not stray far. And that, that's our role. We have to change the way that we think. I'm not just changing diapers. I'm not just serving out uh, cups of coffee and, and providing snacks. No, everything that I do, every act of love acts as a stepping stone towards someone's personal decision to receive Christ. For those right. of you that are, are, are musicians, and man, I'm not going to get involved because you, what happens is we, we were programmed in our psyche, right? For all those that are musicians, you can't make money doing music, right? It's not a real career. So we see it as an extra, something that doesn't really matter. I'm probably not that even good anyway. And what we do is we belittle this gift that God has given us, that he has designed us to what? To use in the body. Why? Because it's when we're together, collective as a body that we can really make an impact. If you're not involved, the whole church suffers. And that's what I'm saying. Why? Because we're called to do life together. Ultimately, not just so that we can pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, we did a good job. No, so that we can effectively so that we can effectively, not, not just half-heartedly, but so that we can effectively tra- transfer the message of Jesus Christ, get it outside of the four walls of the church and into our community where people are hurting, where people are addicted, where they need help, where their, their marriages are falling apart. They need somebody. They need the body of Christ to step up and to be the body of Christ right. to provide help, good. hope, good. and healing. And that's what we're called to do as a church right. family. Do you believe that's a good idea that we right. should all good. push forward the message of good. Jesus Christ? And we should. Good. And you know, you, you will never find fulfillment until you step into that, that that's where true fulfillment comes. When you, when you begin to use what God's given you on the inside for a purpose that's greater than yourself. And, uh, I, I always say this about married couples. Now, when you step out and you start serving together, especially in a children's classroom, there are a lot of the children that are in our church that come from broken homes. And when a, a married couple steps into a classroom together, th- that child gets to see the picture of a godly uh, family unit. And I, I believe that there's just so much more fulfillment that we're all waiting for and hoping for. And sometimes it comes through the simple act of using a gift and, yeah. a, and a talent that you have. 
And it's looking at it too. I mean, you got to you look at. I mean, it's it's not anything that's far out or difficult. It's something that you're you have a natural lean towards. It's like yeah. the, the question is, what do you have in your hand, right? What do you have at your disposal that you're not currently using in the local church? Right. It's as simple as that. The, the amazing thing, though, is is God uses the power of something like serving, which we've talked about several weeks, and we're we're coming full circle around to it. He uses it to really to show you channels that that you haven't been exhausting your 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 purpose really in. We have so many stories. There's uh, there's there's a couple. There's a lady that even when we were we were raising uh, funds for our for our Madeira service, our Madeira launch. What we we asked people to do this. Hey, what natural thing do you have in life that maybe you're really good at uh, doing this, or maybe you can recycle bottles and that will raise money. What 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 do you have that you can do to to kind of you know bring in resources? And this is kind of our pitch. Well, this lady that had been attending serving in the church, um, she started. She says, "Well, I can I can bake cakes," and she started baking cakes and and selling cakes, and money was coming in. Well, this this thing just kind of took off, and all of a sudden. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was talking to him, and they're actually getting their business license and going to be doing this cake business. And, and you look at it, and it's absolutely incredible because this is this is what this is what God has designed the local church to be. There's things that she never would have thought. It was just it's just baking. I'm not that great at it. But what happens when we begin to say, okay, but I can do this, and I use what I do to serve within the local church? God begins to show an avenue. Hey, you are created actually for this, and there's an yep. avenue for you to express your purpose here. What are you sitting on? What what in, what what gift? This is this is my thing about our life. Our life is just a, a, a big uh, sphere of potential. That's what you are in your life. Exhaust every bit of potential that you have in your life. You may be doing something, but maybe you've been doing that something so long that you refuse to take a step to get out and use another gift that God has given you. Don't ever let what, what you've stepped out to do to be enough continually, continually have this mentality of, God, how can I use my life to better push forward your yeah. cause? For those that may be... Um, Lance that, 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 that are on the fence about this, they say things like, because you hear stuff like this, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I don't have time. Yeah. What do you say to, to that kind of thing? <laughs> you you got to remember, if you, uh, I put it like this, if you're too busy to serve and, and to really find that purpose in being connected to the body of Christ, then you're too busy. You're too, if you're too busy, then you're too busy. Meaning that the things that, uh, if we understand that God's created us and designed us that way, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, I should make that an importance in my life, right? If God says, hey, this is how I've designed you, this is what I want for your life, as a follower of Christ, I would think, okay, whatever God says is, is important in that arena, right? So if, if being connected and serving his house and advancing the message of Jesus is important and it's the way God designed us, then that then should become a priority. So we have to look at our lives and we have to say, how do I make time for this? How do I reschedule? How do I shift some things around? How do I make adjustments so that this priority can be a part of my life because that's the way God designed me? Okay, what about people that would say that I'm not needed? They look around at the church experience and think everything looks good. It's getting done. I'm not needed. You are needed. You are needed. You know, we, uh, it takes hundreds and hundreds of volunteers every week uh, just to, to have one service. Right now, in this service, you know, we have over 100 volunteers that have come together to make this service happen. And on a weekend for Easter, we, we will go through 300 volunteers. We'll see 300 volunteers step up, dream team members come to the, step up to the plate to make that one service happened. 300 volunteers, one service happened. And that's, you know, that's a lie that you don't need to buy into. You are needed. If you're in this place and you're sitting in a chair and you're breathing air, you're needed. Yep. And there's, I think it's important to know there's something for everybody. There's not right, just stuff absolutely. that happens on the weekend. There's yeah. midweek stuff, different outreaches we do in our for community. Every type of personality. Every single type yeah. of personality. What about for the person uh, that's had a bad experience? I've served before, maybe elsewhere, maybe here. I've had a bad experience. It's just not from me. Yeah. We've all had a bad experience somewhere. 
don't let that stop you from fulfilling God's design for your life. Bottom line, I'm going to keep coming back to the God's design for us because that's the way, that's his purpose for us. That's the design for us. Um, So don't let a bad experience keep you away. Give it another shot. Give it another shot. I told the last service, uh, the 9 a.m., in our house, we were having some water heater issues. And so uh, one day I walked out to the water heater and I just cranked that puppy up. I put it real hot, right? So I jumped in the shower. I was able to take a warm shower that day. Well, the next day I forgot that I had adjusted the water heater. So I put my temperature gauge right to our normally do. And I jump in the shower and that thing burned me. It was hot. It was, it was, it was hot. Burned me. It was a horrible experience. It was, it was a bad experience. Now, am I going to let that one bad experience keep me from showering for the rest of my life? God, I hope not. I I sure hope not. No, I'm not going to do that. That's, that would be silly, right? So in the same way, it would be silly for us to allow one bad experience, uh, ruin it for, you know, for the rest of our lives. I I mean, you got to set, you got to know why you serve settle in your heart that I, man, I don't serve just I don't serve for me. I serve to make a difference. And that's huge. I mean, we talk about family. That's family right there, full circle. You don't, you don't grow as a family because everything's just perfect, right? You have disagreements. There's pe- stuff people say that rub you the wrong way. But you have to make the decision that we're going to unite together for the common good to push life forward. And that's what we do when we join together as a church family. We push life forward. We push yeah. the message of uh, Jesus forward. So, you know, I think at the end of this conversation, it comes down to, to what's, what's your move? What's your step? I don't know that we're, we're here telling anybody to do anything except to, to take a step. You know, yeah. you, that's what this whole series has been about is will you seize the opportunity? And that's what today's about. Taking a second. This is what we've been talking about. Talking about there's ways that God does things that are backwards to, to our way of thinking. There's things that are going to be easier in our life. Um, they're going to be uh, a lot simpler. It's going to be uh, easier on our egos just to do them our way. But will we, will we take advantage of the opportunity that God has presented uh, before us to be a part of something that's greater, something that's bigger, and acknowledging what is your step? I think it's important to understand too is uh, in our in our faith it's it's really it's a journey and it's not a destination. It's not, yeah. it's not a des- so it's not. I was introduced to God. I gave my life to Jesus, and now I'm waiting to go home to heaven. No, that's that's not what Christianity is all yeah. about. It's a journey. It's a process. So any any kind of journey requires steps. It requires one step after another. So whether we're we've been a, a Christian for ten years or we're brand new new to this faith, there's a step for us. Yep. There's a step for you. We've got to discover what that step is. Right. So here's here's just some questions. I want you to think about them as we as we wrap up today. Three questions, talking about the opportunities, because uh, your step looks like seizing an opportunity. Will you take advantage of the opportunity to see generosity, how God sees it? It's been a common thread in this series. Will we, will we choose to live life a little bit more open-handed? You know, it's not just a money thing. That's with your time. I mean, maybe with your kids, you need, to be, you need to spend more time with your kids. You need to be a little bit more generous with your time as it comes to your family. Will you live your life a little bit more open-handed? Will you, maybe the step for you is committing to the tithe, to honoring God with 10% of your income, to step up to the plate and say, hey, Easter's coming. I want to do something extra. Because why? Because I want to, because generosity, I'm not, I'm not losing anything. That's the shift. I'm not losing when I'm generous. I'm actually creating an avenue for God to, to bless me. Here's another question. Uh, will you take advantage of the opportunity to see the importance of your connection to others as God sees it? To take the risk to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable at first. Um, to, to, to understand that someone else needs you. Yeah. Uh, we talk about single parents. We talk about people that don't have the great su- support system that you have. Maybe they come from a really religious family that pa- practices a different religion. And they need people that think uh, that think about God like they do in their corner. Will you step up to do that? That looks like getting connected. I mean, there's different things at the church that we do, like our 
our C groups, man, our C groups, getting, it gets a great avenue for getting connected. Even um, First Wednesday, First Wednesday service is coming up this Wednesday night. And uh, yeah, we have uh, Kevin Gerald. And, and this is what we've done a lot when we've talked about First Wednesday is we really heavily promoted the speaker. And Kevin Gerald's an awesome speaker. He's uh, from Tacoma, Washington, pastor several campuses. He's an author. Uh, he's been in ministry for over 30 years. Phenomenal man of God. You're really going to enjoy him. But it's, it's the First Wednesday. First Wednesday is about so much more than that. It's about giving you an opportunity to be connected. Uh, and even is in how we're, we're doing them, we're, we're going to craft them more like a, this, this family party setting where you can come and be connected. When you come to First Wednesday this time, you're going to notice a little different. We're going to have different tents uh, with, with campus markers on them. Or whatever campus you attend, you're able to come and connect with somebody. Maybe you don't know a whole lot of people. It's a great opportunity for you to, for you to meet people and be a part of this, this family experience um, that is First Wednesday. I know my dad uh, is pumped because he's going to be here. He's going to tell everybody they have to be there because it's about so much more than just coming to church, right? It's about connecting with others so that we can effectively be the church in our community. We take that opportunity. Uh, And the last one is this. Will you take advantage of the opportunity to see serving how God sees it? To see the the fact that you've been gifted specifically in specific areas to, to identify that, man, those are God-given, and I need, to, I need to put them to work in the local church, to not sit on it. Today, what does that look like for you? It's as simple as filling out a dream team card, allowing somebody to connect with you. Maybe you don't know what you're good at. Uh, we have different things that we can do to kind of help people find out what they're good at. Um, asking yourself the question, what is the last thing that you did lately that brought you a lot of fulfillment? What is something that you did lately that you thought, man, I was, I was so alive when I did that. I felt so good about that thing that I did. What is that for you? It's a great uh, revealer maybe of, of something that you could use to push forward um, God's cry, God, God's uh, cause. You know, we talk about this, Lance, talk about, you know how it is. I mean, we, you hear something like this. <laughs> it's like me uh, when, I was, uh, when I was a kid growing up in the church, you, there's always be like a heavy call to repentance. And I kind of got to the place where it was like, just, just let the moment pass and you'll be good. Like you didn't want to have to take the walk. <laughs> it's not a walk of shame, but you know, it kind of is like, you got to let everybody know what you've been doing wrong or whatever. And you got to walk up to the altar. You guys didn't grow up in that church. Okay. Well I did. And we used to have to the, the speaker would give an altar call. And if you've been, you know, doing this or struggling with this, you need to walk down to the altar. And I remember there's this like, like almost like a, you wait for the cooling period, right? I mean, just tough it out. I'll feel better once they say you're dismissed. This is kind of, I, I'm being real with you because this is the kind of tendency a lot of y'all do, a lot of us do when it comes to serving, right? We talk about this and yeah, it's important, but this is the great human sickness, guys. We think that, that something's, re- yeah, that's really, really good, but that's for them, right? We think that's, that's really good. Somebody needs to step up to the plate and, and push forward the cause of Christ, but that's for somebody else. And I think what we're getting at is it's, it's, it's not, it's for us. Yeah. It's for us individuals. We have a corporate responsibility to push the cause of Christ forward, to not let the cooling period. That's good. Well, it's easy. Yeah, because it's very easy to talk yourself out of doing something that, you know, that you want to do or you thought you wanted to do. Online shopping. I put a ton of stuff in my cart. I've trained myself. Then walk away. Because then I realize, oh, you know. But I think that that's what we, we end up doing with things that we're supposed to be doing. Is yeah. that we, we walk away, we go, ah, oh, let me think about that a little bit more. If God's tugging on your heart to serve, this, do it. Yeah. Do it today. Don't, let, don't walk out th- those back doors without having made one step. Yeah, that's good. This could be the best impulse buy you've ever made if you grab that Dream Team card right now and fill it out. I'm serious. How many of you have been in the line at Target and you're like, oh, that Snickers looks so good. Oh, yep. impulse buy, right? It happens to all what, of us. Buy with one click on yeah. Amazon? Oh, it's yes. super easy. Yeah, Groupon, yep. it's like one click. Yeah. And those and those impulse buys really produce maybe something great, but maybe yeah, not. That's a great point. Yeah. What if we could learn? What if yeah. we could learn to? What if we could impulse give, impulse be generous, impulse connect, impulse serve? Right? right. What if we could live our lives that way? What could our lives 
look like. If, if you haven't made the decision to get involved, grab that card, fill it out, get it to somebody today. And uh, more than anything, we wrapped all that up to, to say this. That here's the great byproduct. The Bible says this in Proverbs. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. To you today, your fulfillment in life, the ability for you to flourish in your life is contingent on you taking the step to say, okay, God, I'm going to be planted. I'm going to be connected. Really what I'm going to do is I'm going to be what you have called me uh, to be. That's what God's great desire for us today. Let's go ahead and pray. God, we just thank you um, for your truth, for your truth that challenges us. God, if we're honest, man, it challenges us to, to, to think differently, to think a way that we're not naturally uh, geared to think. And so, God, today we just ask that you would help us. Can you help us to, to see things more like you see them? God, I ask that you would help every single person, myself included, to, to see what you have given us, to, to really, really, to really identify how powerful this message of hope that you've given us to tell the world about and, and to be able to identify how it is that we're supposed to push the cause forward. What role we're to play, whether it's be something as simple as, as serving children or, or serving through hospitality or serving through music and production or serving through, um, through, through missions, through local missions within our church or through a school of leadership, whatever that looks like. God, would you put it on our hearts and would it be heavy? Would you just put it on our hearts so that we can clearly see, so that we can clearly know, so that we can make a move, God, ultimately to push your cause forward. We don't want it just to stop with us. We really want it to begin with us. God, we ask that you would help use us to reach our city, to reach our valley with the message of Jesus Christ, to bring hope to the hopeless, healing to the hurting. God, that all those people that are broken, that you would help us to be the source, to, to, to give them the source of life that can put them back together. We ask that today. As we're praying today, maybe you've never made the first decision that you need to make and seizing the opportunity to believe in Jesus. We kick this series off talking about this. Your life does not end when your life ends here on earth. In fact, you spend eternity somewhere. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here's the deal. You're like me, man. We're, we're broken. We're messed up. We, we have too many failures in our past. We have too many mistakes, even coming in our future, that would, would prohibit us from being able to connect with God. But God is so passionate about relationship with you that he's not intimidated by your failures or your mistakes. In fact, that's why he sent Jesus, that when you place your faith in Christ, you get to connect with God, not based upon your works, but based upon God's goodness. Today, will you make the decision? Will you seize the opportunity today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to connect yourselves to the one you were designed to connect with in the first place? And that is God, that God would, would, would secure your eternity in heaven and, and begin to, to, to allow you to embark on a journey here on earth. If you've never prayed that prayer, you want to pray that prayer with me, would you pray it and mean it with all of your heart? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want us to pray it with all of our guts. In fact, we're, we're a family, so nobody's going to pray alone. Let's pray it together today. Let's say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart, and I confess out of my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe that you live for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you came back from the dead for me. Today, I call you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. I ask that you would help me to live the life you designed me to live. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.